And what they were talking about was the business aspects of the church, the financial accounts, okay? It was not the most positive situation. But I had just sold a business, leaving Sunnyside. And so there was a cushion for us personally as a family as we begin to fit into this situation as I begin to learn what the picture really was. I'll tell you one story of a situation. There was a copy machine. Somebody had leased a copy machine and the payment was over 150 bucks a month. And things were tight, I thought, as they were showing me. And I thought, well, what in the world? And then I was struggling to get us out of the lease. And I remember finally I had to haul this big old copy machine up to Issaquah to some leasing company because they said, we're not taking it back. I said, well, I'm bringing it back. And did because we were trying to get a handle. Now, again, these are things we don't often talk about. But these are realities, okay? And I think it's fair. So... In working through the processes and, and as it was being revealed more and more to me, the debts and liabilities that were at hand, uh, I, remember, I remember I got this idea that somehow because I had had some experience in business that this was the reason why the Lord was taking me over there. <laughs> It wouldn't be further from the truth, okay? Now, we accepted the responsibility to lead that congregation with a retirement contract with a former minister, which was C.M. Yaden and his wife, Wonderful couple, very senior in their years. And so this would be an obligation that I would come there and accept. This was a part of me accepting this. This goes with it. The copy machine lease, this retirement situation, and uh, there were other things, but we'll just mention these, okay? And... So, there was a season of time when it was very difficult. Let me tell you what can happen in the transition of leadership. It's called a divorce. Okay? It's when half the family leaves. And when we went to Puyallup, there were many that left. Not more than half, but there were many that left because they were brought there from another minister or with another minister, and they didn't come with me. And so it's kind of like the changing of a presidential candidate, you know. 
half the cabinet leaves and they bring in new people and all this, right? So anyway, we were just kind of, we'd never been through this before, but we were going through this situation, my family and the congregation, and then we would sit down with each family, have dinner with them and visit. And one of the first statements they would make would be, I didn't vote for you. Oh, well, okay. You know, as you caught your breath uh, and crawled back up from the seat, you know, because that happened over and over. But here's what would often be said. You know, we didn't vote for you, but we like you now. (laughs) After a period of time. So, again, these are the things that are rarely ever talked about or discussed. But these are things that play into the things that take place in the body of Christ, in an assembly, okay? I'm sharing the hidden stuff, all right? The stuff maybe that nobody will tell you. Now, there was also a medical uh, situation. Uh, What I mean by that was there was... Medical insurance, and there was retirement uh, contract that was for the, the Yadens. Now, let me tell you about the Yadens. Brother Yaden gave his entire life to ministry. And at one time, he was the district superintendent of the Washington District for many years. And he served up in Alaska, started a church, and uh, then came down and was the superintendent. And... There was never any real sustenance that could carry him beyond what he was involved in at the time. Whether he was never made provision, maybe he just trusted the Lord that the Lord would take care of him. And uh, now he's, he's passed away now, okay? And at one time... My wife's pastor asked him to come and be on staff, which just happened to be in Puyallup at the time at the World of Pentecost, and gave him a place to live, gave him an apartment, and gave him a small salary, and gave him duties. He would go to the hospital, make hospital calls, things like this, and this is what the man was doing. This is what the leadership was doing. Nothing's been done for him. We're going to do something for him. We're going to help him. And they did. And they did for years. And then there was a change that happened. That man left. Another man came along. You know what the first thing he did was? Fire C.M. Yaden. That's what he did. Now. There's a lot of background, but I'm just telling you, that's what happened to Brother Yaden. Because the direction of that congregation, the direction they went, there was a group of people that came to the district board of the Washington District United Pentecostal Church and said, we want to, we want to start another work, but we want it to be under Brother Yaden. And so they started another church in Puyallup, You have to understand, the other group went another direction, okay? 
And so they started another work, and brother and sister Yaden were the senior leadership there, and it grew, and it developed, and they saved. They were stewards. They put money away to help to buy a piece of property. Matter of fact, they bought a piece of property. Later on, it got sold, somebody else's decisions. And again, so now we come into the picture. The schoonovers come into the picture. And now there's a contract been drawn up to support the Aidens. And we accept the contract. Okay? Now, there were some tough times. There were some very tough times. At one time, we got behind two months. This is after Brother Yaden had passed, okay? And now we were supporting Sister Yaden, and we got behind two months because times were getting really tough, okay? There was a man that called me, or actually he showed up at the church. He and his wife, they wanted a meeting with me. Okay. And so we went into an office, and I sat down with them. And the man began to riddle me about the support for Sister Yaden. Now, we'd gotten behind two months. We'd been carrying this for more than 10 years. And I don't know, it, it just came over me when I realized the man that was sitting there and pointing his finger at me, he was a part of that original group that had made that contract. But he had backslidden. He had been gone for many years. So the man who was a part of the group that made a contract, which was a good thing and a right thing to do, he, he never contributed to the contract because he backslid. And when I came to the realization what he did, I was done. And I threw him out of the office. I threw him out of the church. I've never, I never did that before. I've never done it since. But when it came to me, the realization that he was trying to hold me accountable. Now, we were still making the payments. We were managing it. We were stewarding over the finances that were there. If I had to go out and do a side hustle, I did it. But we took care of the Aidens up until his death and until she remarried. And that was what the contract was. We lived up to the contract. Now, isn't that a strange story? Just felt like I wanted to share that with you. Because, see, it's these situations that shape us. Uh, there were men that came to me and, and said they knew the pressure I was under, and they said, I, you can get out from under that contract. I said, I don't want to get out from under that contract. It's the right thing to do. God will honor what we do. Now, it was painful, but God will honor what we do. What I'm telling you is there was a day 
when we couldn't hardly rub two nickels together. But because the Bible teaches, if we'll be faithful over a little, we will become managers or rulers over much. Now, that's the truth. That's the forever settled word of God. And I don't feel any pain from it now. I don't feel any pressure from it now. There was then. But we came through that. Now, that's life. That's life. Do you know when we went to Sunnyside to start a work, let me just give you the real deal here. When your tithes, when your offering is the only finances in the church to rent a building, to, to do all the things that we did, it's pretty scarce. There were no people. But we had lived that concept, that principle, that doctrine in the Word of God. Okay? So now, here we go way over the mountains. Now we're over in Puyallup. Now we're walking through this scenario and these situations. But God's teaching us. Okay? He is shaping us. Now, I'm going to share another thing that happened to us. In time, after our involvement in the manifest meetings, after we begin to give ourselves to prayer and fasting, waiting on the Lord, revelation would continue to come in the Word of God. He would open up the Word to us. Things that we thought we knew, things that we, we know we read, it seemed to read in a different light. And I'm going to tell you one of them. You want me to read it to you? Matthew 6 and 1 through 4. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Very, I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, alms deeds, good actions. Sometimes we reference these things to the offering. It's alms deeds. Good actions. Verily, verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Thine, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. It became a common practice in district meetings when the offering was being, keyword, taken, not received, taken. 
it became a common practice of who give a thousand? Brother so-and-so in the back. Who else? Brother so-and-so and this church, that church, this brother, that. Okay, how many give 500? And they would work their way down to $10 and $5 and $1. And then the pressure would really come on when they'd say, if you're going to give in this offering, would you stand up? So many are standing, but there's a few spotted sitting ones. Somebody give that poor guy a dollar. Now, this, you might think it was all fun and games. You might think it was done in a, in a spirit of, but, but something was eating at me in our district meetings. And I got a call one time just before a youth convention from the youth president and said, Brother Schoonover, would you receive the offering on Friday night? I said, are you sure? I don't know. I don't know about... No, no, you're the guy. You're the one. I know. The Lord's talked to me. Well, if you... I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm just telling you. The way God's dealing with me these days, I don't know if that's a good idea. No, no, no. It's a good idea. And so I accepted. I agreed. And I remember this was at the Yakima Convention Center. And... While others were doing different meetings, I was all alone on the floor in the convention hall praying and seeking God on what I was going to do. Because I couldn't do what was done that had now become common practice. And so I felt like the Lord gave me direction and I followed it as best I could. And it only took moments. But I just said, shh. Got everybody's attention. Shh. Can you keep a secret? I did that a few times and then I read the scripture. There was a gasp that came over some. Some bent over the pew and wept. I'm talking about the saints of God. Because people had become grieved for so long at that practice. Now, I was mocked. I was ridiculed. I was made fun of. They made mention at every meeting. Now, some people don't think you should let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. And, you know, and this carried on. But I'll tell you what. Today... In large part, that's all changed. I believe it was set in motion that day. But you understand, it's these things that affect our concept. So today when, when you know, somebody, you, you're not going to see me or anybody from Life Ministries raising their hands and shouting out a big number. Now, I'm going to tell you we give, okay? Let me read you a couple of scriptures here before we go on. 
2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Luke 6 and 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So we give quietly. We give quietly. When we hear the numbers that are shouted out, we just give more quietly. Okay? Now, we're, we are different in this aspect. Acts chapters 3 and 4 use the term many times, all things common. And so at some point in the development of our congregations, we made a decision to have books in common. In other words, we would not operate independently financially, but we would have books in common. Therefore, we would also have the, the value of having shared, listen to this term, shared resources. Okay? So, in these aspects, we truly do work together to help benefit one another. All right? Um, I've, I've been present when an offering being, was being taken. And, you know, the leadership of many congregations, they were standing and giving their commitment verbally, out loud. And I would stand there and smile. And I, I could catch at times people's eyes. What do you... Come on, what are you going to do? Come on, what are you going to do? You know. And so at once in a while, I feel like I need to make an explanation. Just because either I or one of the elders is not raising their hand and broadcasting a number to be a part of the crowd, we give quietly and considerably. Okay? Now, it... If I said to you, I have $100, to Elder Hart here, he's so rich, that would probably just mean nothing. But there's other people in the room, if I said, hey, I got $100 and I'm going to give it to you, that would feel like quite a lot, okay? But I could say the same things with other numbers of 1,000 or 5,000. 10,000. I do want to read some numbers to you, okay? 
Now, I know that these numbers, uh, this is a list I asked my wife to compile um, because somebody else to ask for it. Um, again, I remember a day when we couldn't rub two nickels together. I had to go out and work because we were supporting a retired minister. Okay? I remember that. I remember what it feels like. It's not the way it is today, but I suspect that God's blessing and our stewardship has changed the scenario over time. Okay? Again, I, I told you this is different tonight. Maybe you get uncomfortable talking about money. I don't get uncomfortable talking about money at all because I don't beg people for money. I don't pull it from people. We rarely give you an opportunity. And if the plate passes by, and that's your business. But because I don't, I can talk about money. And I don't mind. We give to mission projects. We give to missionaries. Okay? Some of these missionaries we kind of call our own. Uh, but I, I'll, I'm going to tell you, I don't think I want to give you names here, but what I'm going to tell you is this. There's about eight or ten missionaries last year that they received $32,000. That's eight missionaries. You know, when I was growing up in the church, we gave $25 a month to a missionary. And they gave us a plaque to put on the back wall. And so you'll, you may, if you ever go to Kennewick, they don't even paint their walls anymore. It's just plaques all the way around. And that was Brother Billy Joe Hurst that did that. Now, he has since passed away. Let me tell you something. I know this is going out. Brother Hurst was a major giver. His goal in life was to give away half of his income. Half. 50%. Okay? Now, every year at Youth Convention, they would have the She's for Christ Award, and we would all go on Friday night and kind of endure it. But... Uh, it was always the Kennewick Church, Brother Hurst, that gave the biggest She's for Christ offering. Do you know how much that offering was from their church? It was around thirteen dollars to $15,000 every year. It might vacillate from there. Now, I served as the foreign missions director for a couple of years. As the foreign missions director, I got a report of all the giving to missions throughout the year. Let me tell you this. There were people, for some reason, now this, I understand, this is important. You need to hear this and feel this. There were people that begin to challenge Brother Hurst and say, we're going to beat you next year. Sure, because many did it through the years. You know what happened? 
Brother Hearst quit showing up on Friday night. Oh, he still got the ward. He still gave the money, but he didn't show up on Friday night. Now, let's use the number 13,000. That's the one I remember. So one year, the Kennewick Church gave 13,000 for she's for Christ. The perception is that this is the giving towards the missionaries because she's for Christ bought vehicles and things like this for the missions, the missionaries, okay? And so it was perceived as though this is where the big offering would come and go to foreign missions. When I read the report, I fell over on my desk sobbing because I realized in that moment it was so misconstrued because of the way it was just the way it was handled and presented that that the she's for Christ offering was the big offering the Kennewick church that year had gave a half a million dollars to missions It should shock you. But that's what they did quietly. That's what they did quietly. And what they did for She's for Christ was not to get the award or to get the limelight. Now, I thought that was a pretty honorable thing that Brother Hurst did. I was... I thought it was shameful that he did that out of pain he felt from others comparing. Okay? That somehow them getting the award for the largest offering was some bad thing. Okay. I want you to feel that. I want you to feel that. Okay. There are there are many congregations and leaders of congregations that give sacrificially. See, I don't know where the ideas come from, you know, preachers they just want your money. I don't know where that idea comes from. It doesn't exist here. But you hear things, okay? Now, humanitarian relief. We sent to two situations humanitarian relief of $15,000. Uh, department offerings, Christmas for Christ, Save Our Children, Mother's Memorial. You know, all the departments, they have an offering. And, uh, and then there's the district offerings. Last year, we gave $15,240 in these various department offerings. Retirement. We have two pastors 
retired and receiving retirement income. Okay? That's a good thing. See, there is no system within the organization to take care of that. And so unless a man has done something on his own, uh, he's out of luck. Now, I'll tell you, I've heard the stories through the years because it was an old school idea that you just kind of trusted the Lord and however it played out. And so, you know, there were a lot of men who gave their lives to ministry who went to the grave with nothing. Now, I'm not saying they had to have something. I'm just saying they lived their last years in, in abs absolute poverty. Okay? Now, we're not operating that way. Okay? And we have uh, two ministers and their wives, brother and sister John Stone and brother and sister Laksamana. Now, the Laksamanas are in the Philippines and they are working 24 7. But we consider them retired, so we send them retirement income to help sustain them while they're working 24-7, okay? That amounts to $44,000. Now, you know it takes a lot of money to live, don't you? Where do you think these funds come from? Out of the sky? You think we're on a government program? No. It's all of us. Do you know that the largest majority, the largest majority of us participate in the returning of tithes and the giving of offerings? Therefore, there is a base because, again, we have books in common and just because it's in the check register doesn't mean you go out and spend it. Okay? We have been saving for years and will continue to save. We own two properties outright. The building in Sela, the building in Puyallup. We own them outright. We are thankful that for the money we pay, we have this beautiful facility to use for the now okay but what I want you to know is we are not indebted okay the church is healthy the organizational piece of the church is healthy it doesn't happen by accident and you're a part of that your $5 is part of that. Your $50 is part of that. Your $500 is part of that. Everything that you contribute, everything that you give is the accumulative that we, that we resource from in order to do these things and more on an annual basis. This isn't just a one-time deal. This is every year. These, these numbers fluctuate, but...
I was reminded of this again because we just attended a men's conference. And we quietly contributed. We gave $3,000, but we did it quietly. Now I'm not being quiet because I'm telling you. Now, this isn't the left hand showing what the right hand's doing. This is something that periodically I just want you to know. This is how we, these are our practices. Okay? And you're a part of it. Benevolence. Do you know what that word means? You ever been on hard times? Sure. Well, we gave $1,000 a month this year. $12,000. That means to different individuals, different situations. Now, we don't just do that random. We wait on the Lord, and we participate where we feel directed from the Lord. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I think I'm done. Elder Flowers wants me to make some clarifications to you. Uh, anybody go to Landmark? We gave $3,000 at Landmark. Again, we didn't raise our hand. We didn't do that that others were doing. Uh, the, uh, the ministers in retirement, that is Curtis and Donna Johnstone. You understand that? That's not Nick and Kaylee Johnstone. That's Curtis and Donna Johnstone. And Mike and Gina Laksamana. Okay. Praise God. Let, let me, I want you to know, since the days of Brother Yaden, I knew whatever we did for the Yadens, God was going to do for me. It was tight and it was painful at times, but I knew if we see this through, God wants to be obligated. This is why he said in Malachi, gather all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now herewith that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that no room can contain it. He wants to be obligated to his word. Okay. And so, there are things that will come to you in your life that you will know, God is asking this of me. He may not be asking this of anybody else around me, nearby, but He's asking this of me. So, I have got to cooperate and participate to the degree He asks me. Why did he draw the disciples over to the offering and say, hey, 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 check this out. 
when that lady threw in two mites. He was moved than those that were throwing in checks for 10000 He was moved by the two mites because he knows where we are. He knows what it costs us and how we see it. Did I ever tell you the time the Lord told me I was cheap? Yeah, they were taking an offering, and I, was, I figured in my mind, purposed in my heart, I'm going to give this much, and the Lord says, you're cheap. What? What do you mean? You're cheap. And so then, I went way the other way. I think there was more condemnation on giving far more than what he had asked me than less. Because of what I had to pay for after the fact. You know, the consequences. The Lord wants to lead you. He wants to lead you. And your finances are important to him. They're more important to him than they are to you. Sometimes that's hard to swallow. It's important. But from his end of things... He wants to see an expression of faith and he wants to bless us. Yeah. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? He sees it all. I came to the Lord in this way when I was 22 years old. And I, you know, do you know, Brother Leslie, he didn't preach about tithing too much. And do you know why? Because they had testimony service. And every testimony service, Sister Butterfly would say, I thank God I paid my tithes this week because this is what happened to my dishwasher. And she would tell a story, and then there would be somebody else right behind her, and they would testify about the goodness of the Lord and the fact that they were faithful in their giving, and it would go on and on. So I asked her, Brother Leslie one time, how come you don't teach much about that? He said, don't have to. <laughs> Testimony service. But back then, when I was 22, you know, there's still a certain amount of, well, I'm, I, I, I'm trusting, I'm believing. You know, it was all the older people that said, oh, yeah, trust the Lord, you know, just be faithful, you know. But all the young people, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, are you sure? Well, see, I've lived through that. Now I'm on the other side. Dividends. Dividends that you reap. Through the years. Amen. Elder Flowers. Can we just give some thanks to the Lord? Come on, why don't you thank him on, on your own behalf right now, God, because you've been good to me, Jesus. Because you've been faithful to me, Jesus. 
You have blessed me, God, far more than I could ask for or imagine. I'm thankful for it, Lord Jesus. God, I want to always return back to you. God, not just out of obligation or necessity, Lord, but cheerfully and lovingly, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for bringing us through every situation. Thank you, Lord, for showing yourself faithful. Thank you, Lord, for being strong and mighty, God. I'm thankful for it, Lord Jesus. I'm thankful for it, God. I pray let your faith be my faith, O God. Lord, let your direction be my direction. I pray it in the name of Jesus. I put my trust in you, God. Let there be these expressions of faith, Lord. Let there be opportunities abundantly, God, to express this faith and this trust in you. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks. You are so good, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what we're doing right now is praising God. Nobody's clapping, nobody's jumping, nobody's running, but we're praising God because part of praising Him is saying how great He is and what He's done for us. That's praise. Amen. I also just want to say thank you to Bishop and Sister Schoonover for their diligence and their faithfulness and their stewardship and the hours that they put in to managing these things. Thankful for that. Keep them in your prayer. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Greet one another. Remember Saturday morning, 7 a.m. prayer here at the church building.